there's this temptation when you are short on time to just jump in and start writing. What I think a lot of writers don't realize is when they don't take that time up front, the revision time takes so much longer. If you haven't laid those foundations and you just jump in and start writing, then you're really doing your future self a disservice. (laughs) If you're a busy mom, but you have writing goals and dreams that you're working on, this podcast is here to help you achieve them. My name is Jackie, and I'm a mother and an author of a self-published young adult novel and a firm believer in the power of moms to create. This podcast is about finding inspiration and insight. It's about learning new ways to fuel your writing and to share your writing with the world. And sometimes, actually all the time, it's about taking a moment to just laugh at and appreciate the crazy everyday chaos that is being a writing mother. Hey guys, it's Jackie. Welcome to another episode of These Moms Write. If you haven't already, sign up for my podcast Facebook group. This is your insider space where you can share questions and chat with other listeners and show guests. All right, so today I want to share a talk I had with Katie Wall, book coach and co-founder of Craft Better Books, which she runs with her husband, Andrew, based out of Vancouver, Washington. Full confession, I haven't read any book craft books since my 20s. And so if you are like me, you're definitely going to appreciate Katie's advice and insights on the essential things you need to consider to ensure your story delivers at every point and how to apply those elements in easy ways that actually save you time in the long run. No matter where you are in the writing process, from planning to agent querying, this lady has valuable tips to offer. So without further ado, please welcome Katie Wall. Hi, Katie. How are you doing today? I'm great, Jackie. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing some of your time and your expertise with the podcast today. Absolutely. I'm really happy to be here. So tell me about what it what it means to be a book coach and why, how you found yourself to that role. I um, have always loved writing and editing. I've worked as a freelance editor for over a decade and I was listening to a podcast on writing and a book coach was being interviewed and I realized that's a profession. I can do that. I didn't know it was a thing. So I pretty much immediately signed up for the author accelerator certification course to become a book coach. So I was certified through author accelerator, um, earlier this year, and we launched our business craft better books, which my husband is actually also a part of. He is not a book coach, but he is a world building consultant. So he helps writers, uh, specifically, usually fantasy writers and sci-fi writers, uh, build their fictional worlds so that their stories can can have a really solid world to to take place in. Right. That's a little bit how we how we uh, how this all came about. We love what we do. Yeah, I can tell. For people that don't know what a book coach is, yes. So a book coach um, is someone who can meet a writer at various points in the writing process. So. Um, that can be at the formulating the idea and the story part, or, you know, maybe a writer is stuck halfway through a draft, or maybe they've finished, you know, their first draft or their second draft, and they feel like they've gotten it as far as they can. 
but they know they need some input um, to, to help the story reach its potential. Um, or maybe they have a draft that they feel is very solid, but they just need some support getting materials ready for querying and having a strategy for pitching to agents and even researching agents to find the right fit. Those are all things that book coaches can do. Basically, a book coach is somebody who's in the writer's corner and can help them toward their goals. So you're really dealing with the whole person. Absolutely. One of the things that um, we delve into in our coaching is really helping a writer to think about why they're writing and why they're writing this story in particular. Because often if a writer is feeling very discouraged, um, they've kind of lost sight of that writing why. And so, you know, being able to get re-centered on that um, often helps a writer to feel reinvigorated about their project and then also provide some clarity about how to move forward. So, and you're a mother. Yes. Two. Two. Yeah. How old are your children? Two and four. So we're very busy. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. And what would you say as a mother yourself and someone then who is like dealing with that emotional landscape of these writers, like, do you see motherhood as changing a writer in any way? I know for me, becoming a mother, I feel like it's given me more empathy. And that can relate to writing, especially in terms of the the emotional complexity in my writing. Um, and being able to really empathize with my characters. And I've seen that with some of our clients as well. The tricky part with that is, is I feel like becoming a mother can provide some of that, that depth or that, that nuance to writing, but then it also presents challenges in terms of like having enough time and energy to actually write. (laughs) So there's, there's, you know, positives and negatives uh, or challenges that, that can come out of that. But but yeah, that that's one big thing that I've seen how motherhood can impact writers. Mm-hmm. And what about your own writing? You do you're a fantasy writer. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So I have at the moment paused my work in progress because <laughs> I just have not had the brain space because I have sketched out a set of three trilogies and set in this world and that being able to hold all of that in my head as I'm doing the world building and fleshing out the plans a little more takes a lot of brain power. And thanks to my two-year-old who doesn't always sleep very well, I just haven't had the brain power. So I've kind of set that project aside. I am toying with the idea of maybe doing a standalone YA fantasy at some point because for two reasons. Um, Doing a standalone, you have like it requires a little bit less brain power than doing a you know an epic series and then the other reason is that often because i have not published it is easier to get agented and published as a debut author if you are writing a standalone because publishers are more willing to take a chance on a book that can stand on its own as opposed to taking a chance on an entire series when they don't know how the author's work will be received yet. Yeah, but that's a great tip right there is um, if you're feeling overwhelmed by your project, maybe start with something smaller. I mean, yeah, 
I mean, most people would think one book is a big project, whereas your point of reference it is. is nine <laughs> books. Is it nine? Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. So then looping back to you as your, your book coach hat, mm -hmm. you've got a lot of hats, sounds like yes. these days. Um, so what do you see as, in your work, um, some of the big challenges when you do manuscript evaluations? Like, mm -hmm. do you see trends? Um, one of the biggest things that I see, especially for first time writers, is they will often have a plot that holds together, but the emotional level and the character arc are either not, not present, not developed enough, or not tied in with the plot. Um, so to have a really compelling story, readers connect with characters. And while plot level is important in terms of, you know, what happens, the character arc is kind of like that, that underlying why, like, why is this important? Why should the reader care? And the reader wants to see the protagonist change from the beginning of the book to the end. And so what I've seen with a lot of new authors is they have thought a lot about this plot level, like what happens, but they haven't really thought about this emotional or psychological level of like, how is this character changing and how does that change intertwine with that plot level? Um, you know, how are the events influencing the character and how is the character influencing the events? Um, so that's one of the things that I work on um, with writers a lot is uh, developing that character arc and then kind of weaving those threads together. Yeah. And, and you, you mentioned also the, the why of the author is, does that have a role in this, this interplay of plot? Yeah. So there's kind of two whys, right? So there's why you write in general. So that could be, um, you know, I write because I need an outlet for my own, you know, emotional processing from my life. And I want to process those emotions through my characters. Or I want to write because, you know, someone told me that I couldn't and I want to prove them wrong. Right. So like <laughs> there's different like that level of why of why you write at all. But then there's the why of why this story, why this character. And so that why ties in a lot with this character arc. So that why could be I want to write this particular book because I want to show my readers that good does triumph over evil or because I want to educate people about the effects of trauma. That kind of a why of, you know, why this story that can really tie in with the character arc because often that influences the message that you want your readers to get. And the readers get that message through that journey that the character goes through. And what about, like, those are pretty deep whys. What about the moms that are just wanting to like be seen and earn yeah. income and you know be creative absolutely yeah. um yeah i mean i see some of that i think often those there is something under those reasons oh. um usually so say you know someone just wants to earn an income well why through writing Right. Like there's a reason that you've chosen writing as the avenue to do that. 
or to be seen. Well, why do you want to be seen? What in your life has made you feel unseen? And why is being seen important to you? And who do you want to be seen by? So part of what I do as a book coach is to help writers dig deeper and really figure out what's going on underneath so that they can tap into that and Mm. use that in their writing. Wow, that sounds like some, yeah, like a very close relationship that you develop with your clients. Yeah. And and this is one of the big things that sets book coaches apart from like a freelance editor, for example, because an editor, for the most part, will just be looking at your writing and your manuscript, whereas a book coach is really going to be um, looking at your manuscript and your writing, but really helping you as a writer to grow and that growth, then you can carry with you through multiple projects. I love that. So you're really helping them develop in the same way that they're helping their characters develop through the plot. Yeah, exactly. Are there certain challenges that you see a lot specifically? Um, I'm thinking of like the, the moms that are early in the writing process um, as you know what that life is like, we, we mentioned mm-hmm. finding time. Yes. Yeah. I think similar to some of what I have encountered in my own, you know, ginormous series. Um, but you know, there's this temptation when you are short on time to just jump in and start writing because you're, you know, you're so desperate for that outlet or you're so excited about your idea And you feel like, because your time is so limited, you're like, you know, at this rate, it's going to take me two months to get my world building planned out. I just want to get started Um, or to get my story planned out. Like, I'm just going to jump in and see where it takes me. What I think a lot of writers don't realize is when they don't take that time up front, the revision time takes so much longer Mm. because they haven't taken the time to really make sure, you know, for speculative fiction, that the world building is solid or, you know, for, for any novels that, you know, that character arc is solid and the plot arc is solid and you've tied those together. If you haven't laid those foundations and you just jump in and start writing, then you're really doing your future self a disservice (laughs) because then your future self has to spend, you know, so much more time fixing the problems that that lack of planning can create And then sometimes that even results in like a full rewrite, which is really painful. Um, It's really, really painful. And sometimes it's not a full rewrite, but sometimes it's, you know, half of it is has to be rewritten or, you know, it it can cause a lot of problems. So, so I would say, you know, for, for the mom writers who are out there and just so, you know, feel so short on time, don't trick yourself into saying, oh, I'll just deal with that later because you're not going to be happy with yourself if you do that. And, and also don't have this perspective about plotting or world building of this is going to take so long. Um, you know, I just can't do that because I only have, you know, 10 minutes a day or whatever. Think about it more in terms of like little baby steps, right? So like say, okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes today and think about how my character is going to change from the beginning to the end of my book. Mm -hmm. And then once you have that, you know, figured out, maybe it takes you a day, maybe it takes you a week, you know, 10 minutes a day or whatever. And then after that, you think about, okay, so what are the main stepping stones, like stepping points along that journey for this character? You know, 10 minutes a day, figure out, you know, 
the first one and the second one and then the third one. And then, so just break it down into baby steps. And when you are able to kind of take that time and, and this is like, you could spend 10 minutes a day jotting notes or, you know, refreshing yourself on your notes, but then, you know, when you're washing dishes or switching laundry or changing a diaper, that can still be simmering in the back of your head. One of the things that has really helped me is dictating notes to my phone. And I will often dictate notes into an email draft and then email it to myself so that when I have those 10 or 20 minutes, I can just pull up that email and then copy and paste it into my Scrivener file or my Word document, whatever I'm using so that I can, you know, I've even recorded notes when I'm driving to pick the kids up from daycare, like, you know, um, so you can find ways to maximize your time. And especially when you're breaking things down in chunks for the planning stage, you know, you can be thinking about those things, even when you're not sitting down and have intentional writing time. And mm-hmm. often you'll find that that ideas will really click if you're having this kind of focused attention on the pieces. So, and revision is the same way, you know, break it down into steps. Don't think after you finish your first draft, like I have to revise this and make it perfect in one go. Like that's not, don't do that. Like think about, you know, your first pass for revision, you, you focus on the big picture stuff and you Mm. can even say, I'm just going to look at the character arc, or I'm just going to make sure there aren't continuity errors you know, pick, pick one thing. And then once you've done that, then pick another thing and then pick another thing for each pass. Like it's not a one and done, you know, you revise it once and you're done. So, and I actually, I have a blog post, um, on our website that's called how to revise your novel manuscript. Mm -hmm. And I break down what those revision passes can look like. So if anyone's interested in that, it is on our blog. Um, and again, it's how to revise your novel manuscript. Wow, I love how you're breaking this down into these small pieces. Because even when people talk, like I've heard many people say that you should plan things out. And I I too immediately feel overwhelmed. Like I should just be writing and that's, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to do that. Uh, I don't even know what that means. But like what you just said there totally made it so much clearer for me. I think it's, it seems big and it also seems like murky. And right. so, right. But I know yeah. how to write, so I'll just do that. And so that is such a gift that you just shared. Um, I think that seems to be like such a great uh, aspect of your book coaching. I can see already is like your ability to like break it down into those small pieces so that writers don't feel overwhelmed Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one of the services I offer is helping people plan their novels. And one of the the ways that I do that is I give people the steps with, you know, worksheets and they have a deadline, right? Because sometimes we need a deadline in order to to move forward, even though, you know, it's something we want to do. Sometimes that external um, deadline is helpful. But um, in that process, you know, I break it down into the steps, kind of like Mm. I just talked about, like, let's talk about your writing. Why? Let's talk about why this story. Let's talk about the character's transformation. Let's talk about how that ties in with the plot. Because, you know, all writers, (laughs) it's beneficial to look at those pieces and build that foundation. Especially writers like moms that don't have uh, they don't have the luxury to, to write, you know, in the wrong direction for six right. months. Right. I mean, right. It's even more frustrating when that time has been so like 
carefully guarded out of your right right it's I mean, yes I think yeah. the idea of worksheet sounds incredible um mm -hmm. having that scaffolding so that you and accountability so that you are exactly um, yeah, just get that guidance yeah and definitely you know sometimes you can spin your wheels in those 10 20 minutes that you have and spend half of it trying to figure out what to do right so mm -hmm. um that's another another piece with breaking it down into steps and mm -hmm. even you know, creating a revision plan or creating a plan of how you, you know, want to spend that time, you know, spending a day or two of your precious time making that plan will then make the rest of, you know, the time to accomplish those tasks more efficient. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And I think motherhood for me has definitely made me more of a planner. Mm -hmm. And yet I still, you know, approach my writing as a pantser. Sure. So, and you know what, sometimes that, you know, I, I've talked a lot so far about, you know, really spending time planning and building that foundation. I think, you know, there, there's room for pantsers too. Um, but I think it's still important for pantsers, you know, if you, if you don't want to create an outline and plan all of that, that's fine. But having some kind of idea of that transformation at least, mm -hmm. um, and then one of the gifts that pantsers have is intuition. And so tapping into that intuition about, okay, you know, thinking my protagonist is going to go from not trusting to trusting, for example, and then using that intuition as you're writing and as you're thinking of what could happen and in different interactions to, you know, really stay in tune with that arc does that feel right does what's happening feel right like it will move the character that way mm. um so so that's another another way to break it down is thinking you know as you're writing as a pantser you've got kind of this thread of the arc but then being able to tap into that intuition and and your gut feelings about you know, where you feel like the story is leading to and making sure that meshes with that, that overarching thread. So, wow, and yeah. like scene by scene. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that you are connecting pantsing to intuition because I've often felt like a little bit embarrassed if, if I say that that's how I <laughs> Sure. Approach. And so it's such a beautiful like um, appreciation or a value, mm -hmm. valuing of that approach. Um, and it gives me a different perspective on it actually. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting too, because okay. then that is also a, a part of motherhood, isn't it? Like, I think intuition, yes. right? right? Mother's intuition. Like, so maybe it is about like finding a balance between those. They both have important pieces to offer. You know? Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, that connects to, like we were talking about the writing why, and, you know, that bridges to motherhood as well of like, why are why are you mothering or parenting the way that you are and is that how you want to be and you know what kind of mother do you want to be and why and thinking about that kind of why can really get you in touch with your intuition in that realm as well mm -hmm. yeah I don't, <laughs> I don't think i've ever I've ever thought about that question but it's definitely what i write about it's a theme that comes up is just uh, that not feeling like a normal mother is mm. is like a big uh, motivator for my character because it's something that I, I think 
grapple with and, and find yeah. humorous too. <laughs> what about your work supporting writers in the querying process? The first thing I do is evaluate whether the the writer's manuscript is query ready. And that can be somewhat subjective, <laughs> but there are certain red flags that I look for in terms of, you know, are the first pages a lot of info dumps or not? You know, are, is it starting in the right place to, you know, where the action is really starting? How about character development? Is it strong enough where I'm connecting with the character? Um, are there, you know, is, does the plot function logically, like from one event to the next? Because sometimes something will make sense to the writer, but they haven't actually put enough on the page where the reader can follow along. So, and then also like, does the ending satisfy the promises that were made at the start mm -hmm. of the book? And is there really a character transformation in the book? So if if the manuscript is indeed query ready, then we move into some more like my my actual pitch support package where I I can help the writer develop their query letter and their synopsis. And then I also um, put together like a research and then put together a spreadsheet of agents that are looking for books that um the client's book, you know, falls into that category. Um, and then we go through the spreadsheet and actually rank the agents based on, you know, how the writer is feeling about the potential of working with that agent, because working with an agent is a business relationship. So you don't always just want to like throw your book out there and see, you know, to anybody and then take the first offer that you get. You really want to make sure that the agent that you're working with is somebody who you want to work with and who you want to be managing your book. So we go through and rank, and then we've I help formulate a strategy for sending out those queries. Because another mistake that a lot of writers make is sending out, you know, 30 queries all at once. And the problem with that is you can't learn from the feedback that you get through rejections or through, you know, maybe you get a request for a full and then, you know, the agent gives you some feedback saying, you know, I really liked it, but this, this, and this, you know, are preventing me. And then you want to revise based on that feedback, right? But if you've already shotgunned your query out to 30 agents, you can't resend your manuscript to any of those 30 agents. You've already queried them. So, yeah. Um, so it's really, really important to have a strategy around querying. So I help writers with that. And then I also offer, um, if there are writers who have already been querying and are getting rejected and they don't know why, I do offer a service um, called Pitch Troubleshooting, where I, you know, take a look at the rejections they've received and at their query materials and at their manuscripts and kind of figure out what is preventing agents from, you know, requesting fulls or from, you know, requesting samples or even giving offers. So that that's that side of the book coaching business. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I mean, you're providing more of a, like a systematic support yes because I, I know again from my experience it was definitely shotgun and you know very scattered mm -hmm. and it's and it's also just knowing 
who to send it to, like that. It just takes right. up so much time. And it also saves, you know, as mothers, like we're, we're not only short on time, but we're also short on energy, right? And so trying to muster up the energy to research agents and like make sense of like, who should I reach out to? Who should I not? And, and formulate a strategy, like that takes a lot of energy for people who don't love making spreadsheets, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that's another thing where, you know, I find like I, I'm providing a strategy and support and saving, you know, my clients time, but I'm also giving them more confidence about how they're approaching the process so that they can even go into querying, feeling more positive instead of feeling like overwhelmed and I don't know what I'm doing and you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. So, and what happens? I mean, I imagine you must have some clients that they have a good book. It's just, but it just never gets picked up so far. We've only been in business. Well, as craft better books, less than a year, we've had two clients sign with agents so far, um, which is really exciting. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's really, really exciting. So just waiting for them, you know, they're, one of them is out on submission. Um, and then the other one is making some changes that the agent recommended to her manuscript just to make it as marketable as possible. Wow, that's huge. And do you see that uh, having a book coach is it gives people that maybe edge that they need in this current industry? Yeah, I definitely think so. Because, well, first of all, feedback, good feedback is invaluable. That doesn't necessarily have to be from a book coach. It can be from critique partners or a writing group or alpha and beta readers. Um, But in terms of, you know, one of the benefits of working with a book coach is that I'm immersed in the world of writing all the time. And I have been trained to recognize issues. I have been trained and, you know, continue to grow as a professional in my understanding of the publishing industry, in what agents are looking for, in trends that are going on. So it does give a little bit of a leg up with working with a book coach. And I would say, you know, just thinking back to, the experience that the authors who have signed with agents um, had with us, like one of them, um, their their manuscript was really strong plot-wise, but was missing that character arc. Um, and so mm-hmm. I worked with them to, to really strengthen that and to make sure that it was working together with the plot arc. And as soon as we got that, as soon as we got that figured out, he got offered representation. The other client... For, for that particular manuscript, we were more focused on, it, it was a thriller. So we were really focused on, um, you know, ramping up the suspense and the tension, but then also um, tying in that character transformation so that they would have that emotional level as mm. well. That's so exciting. And it sounds like you work across a lot of genres. I know you mentioned fantasy mm-hmm. and thriller. What else? Yeah, so um, I do some historical fiction. I do some romance, um, but I'm not as in tune with the romance industry. There are some differences in that segment of publishing, mm-hmm. um, and there are book coaches who specialize in it. So, right. um, and then really, 
I'm pretty much open to anything except like hardcore literary fiction because I, I really like to to help the like the plot and the character development work together. And if you go really into that literary world, it's really mostly about character. And so I'm not quite the right fit for that. But if it's literary slash book club, that that works for me. The most important piece for me is having an author who's willing to delve into that emotional side of the character development and and the story. Um, Mm -hmm. Because that's what really makes the book compelling. And if a writer's not, you know, doesn't care about that or, you know, isn't willing to do that work, then I'm really not the best book coach for you. I know you have also a a program for authors to connect with you in a group setting. And um, can you tell me more about that? We just recently launched the Aspiring Authors Alcove, which is a community for writers who are serious about their writing goals and dreams and developing their writing craft. So um, my husband, Andrew, and I launched this because we, we see a need for a safe, helpful, inclusive, and supportive, intentional writing community. So, you know, Instagram is all well and great. Like you can meet other writers, you know, it's good to network, but you know, there's really not that intentional community element to it. So we, we started this community as a way um, to facilitate that between writers. We also in this community do include group coaching because, you know, we know that sometimes it is out of, out of reach to hire one-on-one support, but we still want to be able to support authors who find themselves, you know, in need of that support, but unable financially to, to hire us one-on-one. And so one of the ways that we're doing that is through this community. That sounds great. I love the idea of, you know, getting some small chunks of feedback. I think when, again, when we come back to that idea of like increments and breaking mm-hmm. it down, like maybe if, you know, you're not ready for the full coaching service on your whole manuscript, that's a good way to start. So is there any advice that you would give, like, is there any top three tips that you would give a, as a book coach to, to writers, like things that you're like, wow, I sure say this one a lot. <laughs> I mean, we've talked a lot about the the character arc and the plot arc and having those work together. So I think that would be my number one is really mm. give that some thought and, and be intentional about that. Second piece that I talk about a lot is making sure that the, the emotional reactions of the character get on the page and, and kind of along those same lines, but different enough that I'm going to make it number three is the... This idea of show, don't tell, which I know is a phrase that gets tossed around all over the place and lots of people, you know, throw it out there without really thinking about what it means or understanding what it means. It's that difference between when you are showing, you are allowing your reader to be experiencing your story alongside your protagonist. There are times where telling is actually the best way to go about something like maybe you can just tell me that um on her way out the door she grabbed an apple like we don't necessarily need to know like her stomach panged with hunger and so she picked up the apple feeling its firm flesh beneath her fingers like we don't need that because maybe it's not important to the story maybe it doesn't tie in with that character arc or the plot arc it doesn't forward you know 
So telling does have its place. It, it's just a matter of training yourself to recognize the difference between the immersive reading experience versus the interpreted reading experience or you know what you're writing and then being able to use that intentionally and understand the effect that has on how your story is being perceived by your reader much easier said than done but i would say that it, that's yeah. a big a big aspect of writing craft that i educate my clients on well thank you again i i really appreciate your ability to break these uh, writing craft elements down into like really understandable parts. But thanks so much for your time today, Katie. Yeah, I, I love talking about all of this. So thank you so much for having me. I found that conversation really enlightening and full of practical tips that I know I'm already starting to implement in my writing and I know will help me save time over the long run. I hope that you had some of those too. Okay, so here are the top takeaways. Number one. Whether a planner or a pantser, you need to be aware of and track how your main character changes throughout the book and what major plot milestones you need to move them forward. Number two, on that same note, two key questions to consider are how is my main character influencing events and how are the events influencing my character? Number three, planning will help you save time in the long run and can be done in ways that honor the pantser's natural intuitive approach. Number four, knowing why you write can help propel your writing. Number five, when submitting queries to agents, be strategic and don't rush it. You can't resubmit. Number six, showing instead of telling provides an immersive experience for your readers. And number seven, but there is a place for telling too. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you're looking for tips on how to find more time to write, I have a freebie resource to help you with that, which I'm super excited about. I also have a feedback form, and I would love to hear what you think about the show, what you want to hear more of, less of. Lastly, I'm going to be running a writing voice boot camp in the spring. So if you're interested in that, you can drop your name in the RSVP form to be notified about when that becomes available. You can find links to all of these in the show notes. Talk to you next week. And in the meantime, happy writing.